Class is in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshake. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 60 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Now, the topic of today's podcast is all about the core, and specifically, how do we train it? Do we train for stability? Do we train for strength? Let's get into it and see what the research actually says. Now, there's two general approaches many coaches, practitioners will take to address a weak link at the core. Now, the first and most common method you'll see in gyms all across the world is dynamic strengthening. Basically, we're moving the spine. This is going to be exercises like crunches or back extensions, Russian twists, side bends while you're holding a weight on one side. But basically, many coaches have used these exercises that build strength through movement with this mindset that a stronger core, the stronger we can get those muscles, is going to give the spine less chance for buckling and bending under tension. So the stronger I can get the muscles by moving them under load just like we would with anything else like the squat's going to strengthen your glutes and it's going to strengthen your quads and hamstrings but basically if I can take that same approach and put it onto our spine and the core it's going to give our spine less chance for buckling. Now to a point this is true. Every muscle that surrounds the spine does need to have a sufficient amount of strength to turn on and contribute to providing stability for the spine as a structure. You know, if a muscle is complete jello and not turning on at all, obviously it's not applying any force and tension to help creating a spine that's resilient to not buckling whenever we're trying to lift heavy weight. An analogy that I like to use that sort of helps bring about this idea is that the spine is a radio tower. If you've ever driven by a radio tower, you see a number of guy wires that come off the radio tower, and each one of those has to provide a certain amount of tension and stiffness in order for the strength and stability of the entire tower to stay up, especially when a storm blows through. The same goes for our spine. Each muscle that surrounds our core all has to act together like the different guy wires of a radio tower to provide a little bit of tension and stability so that the entire structure of our spine doesn't buckle whenever we're lifting. Now, what most people don't understand is that strength exercises like a Russian twist, like I said, a sit-up, a back extension on a GHD machine, basically any exercise that creates or aims to create strength with movement, they are not as efficient as isometric exercises at improving core stiffness. Now, let's take a back step. What is an isometric exercise? Basically, it's an exercise where a muscle is going to contract, it's going to turn on, but the joint at which it crosses isn't going to create any movement. So, for example, let's talk about a side plank. When someone's doing a side plank, the lateral obliques, the QL muscle, the quadratus lumborum, it's turned on, and they cross the spine and the pelvis, but you're not going to see any movement during the side plank. So that's an isometric contraction of those muscles. Whereas comparatively doing something where you're doing like a side bend, where you have all the weight in one arm uh, and you're moving down and back up, that is a strength exercise. It's not an isometric exercise because those muscles are being used dynamically to create movement at different joints. Now what research has found is that isometric exercises, like I said, like a side plank where muscles are turning on but there's no joint movement, are actually enhancing muscular endurance 
and they're doing so in a way that's going to help improve stiffness of the spine as a whole. So if we're talking about weightlifting and powerlifting and CrossFit, think about the different exercises that you perform. When you're doing a squat, when you're doing a deadlift, when you're doing a clean, we want that spine in that trunk to be extremely stiff. I don't want to see that back rounding whenever you're pulling the bar off the ground for a clean. Obviously, it's going to kill your power. You're not going to be able to transfer that leg drive through the stiffened core into the pole. It's going to affect your performance. So if you're doing different exercises that are attempting to move the spine under load rather than create spinal stiffness, it's not going to have that efficient carryover that we want. And this is because the core functions to limit excessive motion rather than create it. So therefore, the traditional way in which the fitness and especially the rehab world has approached addressing the core for years has almost been backwards, especially when we're talking about our application to lifting. This is why someone can also have a ripped six-pack yet have very poor core stability when it comes to deadlifting or performing a squat. It's because that person in getting that rep six back, and yes, there's a lot of nutrition that goes along with it, but the way in which a lot of people are training their core to get that rep six back is by doing things like crunches all day long or side bends and different twists. They're not doing so necessarily in a way that's going to carry over to creating more spinal stiffness. In order to stiffen the torso and limit excessive motion, Every single one of those muscles of the core must contract together. This is called co-contraction. And when this is done correctly through what we would call a bracing action, sometimes I use the cue, brace your core like you're about to get jacked right in the stomach by Mike Tyson. I think every single one of you can get a good visual. If you're driving right now, if you're walking and listening to this podcast, put your hand right on your stomach, the other hand on your side. Think about someone coming up, a boxer smacking you right in the stomach. What are you obviously going to do? You're going to brace for that punch. And what that's going to do is stiffen all those muscles that surround the spine, not just your six-pack muscles. We're not just talking your rectus abdominis. We're talking every single one of the muscles that surround your spine. And when you do this correctly, you're creating your body's natural weightlifting belt. So not only does this stiffen your spine and keep it safe when performing heavy lifts like a squat, a deadlift, or a clean, but it also, like I said earlier, is going to help transfer force throughout your body. That weightlifter that we talked about before, they're getting ready to do a clean and jerk. They do the clean. They're standing up. They're about to do the jerk. They require a sufficient amount of core stability in that spinal region, in the torso, in order to transfer the power that he or she generates from their legs through that core and into the upper drive of the barbell. If they have a weak core or a core that moves under tension, an unstable uh, structure, you're not going to get that transfer of power. So that is basically the prerequisite understanding, are we trying to train for strength through movement, or do we have that baseline level of strength, and now I need to train for stiffness and endurance, because those are the two different components that are going to blend into and carry over into your end goal. So for the 99.9% of us out there that are not trying to set a world record for how many crunches we can do in a set predetermined amount of time, we're probably using our core work as an accessory. And what is an accessory? It's a tool in our toolbox to try to help us reach our predetermined end goal. For a weightlifter, powerlifter, and crossfitter, my end goal is to perform. My goal is to lift as the most amount of weight or have the most amount of power into my clean or do as many lifts as possible in a set predetermined time if I'm a crossfitter trying to do a specific wad. Your goal is performance. And the way in which you train your core has to carry over for that. Now, one specific example that I really like to use a lot 
in the difference between the strength and stability uh, whole argument is basically the difference between a single arm weighted side bend in a suitcase carry. It all starts the exact same. We're standing tall. We've got a weight by our side. And with the side bend, what are we doing? We're just going down and back up. We see this all the time in your def different Globo gym or your different, you know, Gold's gym that you see people trying to work on their obliques and build those lateral abs. So they're bending down and back up over time. And what are we doing? We're working on strength through movement with the idea of building more strength. And for some people, the idea that stronger muscle is going to lead to a stiffer core. Not the case like we just saw with the research that we talked about. Now let's bring the other exercise into the question. Why would you want to use a suitcase carry? Now think about it like this. Most lifts that are performed in the weight room occur in the sagittal plane of motion. Basically the barbell moves in a relatively vertical path with your feet planted on the ground. If you're doing a squat, it's straight up and down. If you're doing a deadlift, it's straight up and down relatively. That's the sagittal plane of motion. Now, as athletes spend hours and hours every single day training these lifts, we can sometimes develop weaknesses and instabilities in creating stability in other planes of motion. For example, the lateral muscles of our core, like the QL, no obliques, remember the one that you're trying to train with that side bend, are not necessarily sufficiently challenged all the time during the classic lifts of like a deadlift or squat, or even more so during the dynamic lifts of a cleaner or a snatch. Again, movements that occur in the sagittal plane. If an athlete cannot sufficiently activate these muscles, however, to stabilize the body through a ton of different planes of motion, they leave their body open to potential injury. Now, here's an example. Let's say you have an athlete that's attempting to perform a really heavy squat. In order to do that heavy squat first, they have to walk the barbell out of the rack, unless they're lifting in a monolift. But let's be real. Most of us are lifting the barbell out of the rack and taking a few steps back. Whenever we're walking with the weight on our back through those few steps, we're obviously moving our body in a different plane of motion than we're used to training it in. Remember that sagittal vertical plane of motion. Here's another example. Let's say you're an Olympic weightlifter and you catch a snatch or a clean off balance and you have to take a one step real quick forward in an effort to recover and become balanced again. In either case, again, we're taking a step forward or backwards through a different plane of motion. It's called the frontal plane of motion. Now a suitcase carry where you're holding the weight in one hand and then walking, it challenges your core in that frontal plane of motion. And it can help address common imbalances like that that we may see that can come up over time if we're not challenging the body in a number of different planes of motion. If we're only ever lifting dumbbells or barbells in one plane of motion, you may not stabilize your body in a different plane of motion. So the second that you push yourself off balance, you may not have the requisite amount of stiffness and stability to stabilize your spine that's when injury can occur. I've seen a number of injuries occur when athletes step out of the rack and take a couple steps back or when an athlete catches a barbell off balance and then has to jut forward quickly. If they don't have the necessary stability in their spine to stabilize their body in a different plane of motion, sometimes injury can creep in. So what do you do? You're just going to grab that kettlebell, hold it as hard as you can before you start walking. Sometimes I like to use the cue to walk as if you're the transformer in the old transformer movies, very mechanically. I don't want to see any swaying side to side. And what that's going to do is create a stability stimulus different than the side bend stimulus. So you're going to, when you take that step, that right foot's going to be planted, your left leg now has to swing through. So your right glute medius and your left QL are going to work simultaneously to keep your pelvis stabilized so you can then swing your leg through. 
So it's a very, very helpful exercise at using the muscles of your core and hips to limit excessive or unwanted motion, build endurance, build stiffness of your core in a way that's going to carry over to different lifts that you may do in the gym or different parts of the lifts you may do. Now, one question a lot of people have is, what's the difference between a suitcase carry and a farmer walk where you're holding the weight in both hands? It's a great question. Research has shown that carrying double the weight in both hands, so if I have two 60-pound kettlebells or dumbbells in each hand, it is actually easier on my spine, on my body, than carrying just one of those in one hand. So the single arm carry is much harder and places a lot more uh, pressure and compression on your spine than doing double. That's why if you ever walk out of the supermarket or the grocery store and you're trying to grab you know, all 10 grocery bags at one time and carry them either in one hand or you split them up or even grab more in both hands, it's easier to obviously grab a lot of weight in both hands walking-wise because you're able to stabilize your spine that much more. So that is it for today's podcast. I hope you now have a little bit better understanding for the difference between core stability and core strength and how we want to work our body in a way that will hopefully carry over to better performance, better quality technique, and therefore less risk for injury in the end. I hope you guys liked today's quick uh, podcast. If you did, please continue sharing it with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. Uh, tag me on Instagram so I can reach out and thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to all these podcasts. It really means so much to me. Until next week, guys, happy squatting. That's it for today, class, on Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.